Hey, I'm Jody Butts, and welcome to At Risk, brought to you by Interact. Art has forever been a risky endeavor. The artist can never control how the audience receives their work. Eric Fischel understands this profoundly. Eric is an internationally acclaimed American painter and sculptor. He is the artist behind the sculpture Tumbling Woman, inspired by the events of 9-11. Tumbling Woman generated a public outcry in October 2002, after a bronze version of her was placed in Rockefeller Plaza in Manhattan. The outcry was so acute that she was covered up and removed almost immediately. Former Ambassador Bruce Heyman and cultural envoy Vicki Heyman later brought her to Canada in 2015 in an acrylic form, and she was displayed in the U.S. Embassy in Ottawa and at the National Gallery of Canada. Today I'm joined by Eric on the eve of the U.S. presidential election to discuss what reactions to Tumbling Woman over the course of her existence might reveal about the turbulent Trumpian times we are living in and a better path forward. Well, thank you for joining me, Eric, and welcome to At Risk. Thank you for having me. It's good to be had. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's start off with what is the role of the artist in a time of crisis and following a crisis? The gift of the artist is that they are able to put into a uh, controllable form, a digestible form, order made from chaos. And so when, uh, when there is a crisis, a crisis uh, is, by definition, chaos. And uh, what the artist can bring to that is a way to understand what is happening, what has happened, uh, that becomes a shared experience that can, I think, help either heal wounds or give us a sense of how to move forward or certainly give us a space to reflect in. I was reading uh, an interview that you did and you had said, and this was speaking of uh, the period after 9-11, you said, if artists were ever needed, now would be the time. And that struck me as, um, as beautiful and, you know, suggesting that, you know, the, the artist has a has a role in healing. I uh, I believe it. I believe it does. I I'm uh, not necessarily in the majority uh, of that among uh, contemporary artists, but uh, I I certainly believe that that's one of the functions that art has. Uh, you know, which is that they. You know, the, the thing about grief, the thing about uh, fear, uh, the thing about anxiety is it immediately throws you into a sense of isolation and a sense of helplessness. 
And if you can create an experience or recreate experiences in which, through art, in which people can see themselves, then they, you know, at the very least, they realize they're not alone. And so it alleviates some of that, uh, that stress, some of that terror, some of that uh, anxiety. And as I said before, I think it also, uh, art can go a long way in giving us a foothold, giving us a handhold, giving us a, a language uh, by which we can all uh, connect to each other and communicate with each other, which brings us together, uh, sort of reweaves the uh, the gaping hole that was uh, created by the crisis uh, that w- is being experienced. And what did is that like? Is that what you took away from the initial furor that the bronze version of Tumbling Woman at Rockefeller Plaza in Manhattan caused? Or did, were, were, were your learnings from that experience something different? Uh, uh, let, me, let me be clear. Are we talking about the creating the uh, sculpture Tumbling Woman? Or are, we cre- are we talking about the way it was received? I was asking about how it was received, but I'm definitely interested in both. Uh-huh. Well, the, uh, to how it was uh, conceived, how it was created, came from uh, the experience. Uh, I, I, like most of the world, watched the uh, uh, tragedy unfold on television. I was not uh, in the city the day it happened. And uh, so I'm sitting there watching the, this nightmare unfold all day long and and feeling this, you know, uh, wash, uh, just feeling myself spin out of control with all the, uh, you know, uh, you know the the mind going crazy, the emotions going crazy with uh, all of all of the feelings that were being caused by this terrifying thing, and uh, so it was in that that moment of feeling myself spin out of control that I knew that the only way back would be to create something that created a kind of a solid anchoring construct some something that would articulate the feelings that would try to reconnect me uh to it and uh and so within that moment i i tried to begin to think of how to articulate this nightmare and one of the things that happened very quickly in the United States was that they censored any images of people falling or jumping. But anyone who saw that, whether it was just for an instant or not, knew immediately that 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 was the penultimate expression of exactly how horrible that experience was. 
that thing of being caught between two two choices of your own death and uh you know it's it just was it it's like your worst nightmare so i knew that in trying to articulate uh how to uh, you know sort of honor the dead how to uh, uh grapple with the what became very clear very quickly was feeling the whole country spinning out of control, getting off its own center, its own axis. Uh, and, and so part of the desire to create something had to do with trying to find a way to, you know, articulate the, the imbalance uh, as well as the physical destruction. I didn't want it to be graphic in the sense of, uh, uh, you know, bodies crashing into and splattering on the ground kind of uh, thing. I wasn't interested in that. I wasn't interested in recreating that horror for people. So the thing of tumbling came to mind tumbling is something that moves laterally not uh horizontal not vertically and uh, so it wasn't about crashing down it was about rolling along and uh it was you know something that i i was thinking of sagebrush or something where you're unanchored you're you're blowing along the wind is taking you wherever Occasionally, you you hit something that stops your forward motion, and then the wind catches again, and you keep on rolling. and And so it was, uh, it was that was kind of the things I was thinking about around the image of this woman, larger than life, tumbling, uh, with her legs akimbo, her arms, one arm outstretched, and I. I wanted to have the outstretched arm because I was hoping that uh, people, when they were standing around the sculpture, would reach out and grab the the person and and just hold her hand, and uh, maybe even imagine that being something that would slow the tumbling down. Anyway, that was the spirit in which I I made it, and I felt that it was. Uh, it should be a public, uh, not a, you know, just something that would go into an art gallery as my, uh, my art making practice, but it's something that was made for the public. And so we found a place in Rockefeller Center to um, display it uh, beginning on the first anniversary of 9-11. And it absolutely hit the wrong chord. Uh, I had, I think, completely underestimated um, the public in terms of what they were willing to um, open themselves up to. And, um, you know, there there was a a lot of uh, horror and anger and, you know, horrible ac- uh, accusations that I was 
sort of doing this on the pain of others suffering and you know it was, it was a very weird very uh, uh saddening experience for me because frankly the the worst thing for an artist is to be misunderstood uh, because the whole practice of making art is about clarity and uh and this was something where i everything was turned upside down in terms of my intentions. And the piece was uh, removed within three days of it being put up there. It was, the outcry was so great that uh, people at Rockefeller Center felt they needed to take it away. And so it was covered up and removed. Do you think she was too political? No, I don't think she was political at all. I, uh, I think it was a very human experience. So what, what I was uh, set on doing was bringing the body back into the mourning process. Uh, what happened very quickly, because there were no bodies, they were pulverized. 3,000 people died, but there were no bodies. So how do you deal with the, the grief, how do you deal with the mourning process when you, you can't make that closure? You, you can't see the dead. Uh, and what happened in, with, with the language of mourning turned very quickly to architecture. And uh, people started to grieve the loss of the buildings as though the buildings represented the human tragedy which of course it didn't. Uh, so it was very important to me to bring the body back into the, to the awareness and to the process. Um, and that's not a political gesture. That's a, uh, a you know, a humanist one. Um, what I think was, became clear was how Art just wasn't at the center of our culture anymore. Uh, people didn't know why you would, in times like this, reach out to an artist. Uh, you, you, you didn't know how to approach an object uh, created for as a memorial, uh, as an experience. And... Uh, you know, there, uh, you know, they they reached out to world famous architects to create models of what could be rebuilt, um, but you know, no government, no church, no community, uh, you know, no social group, whatever, reached out to poets, playwrights, musicians filmmakers, artists, to say, help us figure this thing out, you know, give, give us something to, to work with here. And, uh, and that, that was so disappointing. That was so revelatory and disappointing at exactly how far removed art is from the center of our lives that, uh, you know, I, I thought, we, we have to fix this somehow. We have to find a way to bring art closer to 
what its real purpose is. One of the things reading about Tumbling Woman has challenged me to think about is in some ways our culture is so voyeuristic. Everything is videoed and we can, you know, watch people dying on videos. We can, you know, watch sex. We can watch, you know, people getting dressed in their birthday parties. We, there, there, there's not mm-hmm. a moment that isn't captured on video. Yeah, but, we, can e- we can even watch people dying having sex. Yeah, and yet this is also a period in history, in, in Canada and in, and in the United States, that is really marked by looking away as well. Mm. And it, I was asking myself, and, and, and I I'm, would love to hear your thoughts, did the reaction to Tumbling Woman in some ways portend this period of looking away? That's so interesting. I never thought of it in those uh, terms. Uh, um, and and by looking away, are you talking about denial, or you, or or are you talking about a aversion? Or it's it's a little bit of all those things. It's it's children in cages, in immigration detention centers. It's uh, the disparities created by COVID and, and its inequitable health impacts. It's, you know, it's all these things. Yeah. No, I've, I've always thought that uh, uh, Trump is the embodiment of the fear, anger, confusion that was sparked by 9-11. There was, there was something building in this country before 9-11. Uh, uh, 9-11 crystallized it. And, the, you know, we became so tribalized. We, 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 you could see on a day-to-day basis after 9-11, the United States shrinking into smaller and smaller groups of like-minded, like-feeling, like-acting <laughs> pods, you know. Uh, it, we, as I say, we became very tribal that way. And, and it didn't assuage our fear, and it didn't assuage our anger, and it just kept building. And... Uh, and I think what, you know, what Trump is, literally, is the id unleashed. It is a, it's a, uh, a non-socializing instability. It's, it's pure will, pure force. Um, you know, it, it has nothing to do with any of the things that, we need to do the self-sacrifices we need to make in order to build a, a, a solid society. Uh, the, that level of selfless selfishness 
and he he's speaking and appealing to those people who only you know are are well they're basically in the same place they they only understand the world in that way and uh and so i would say yes you know where we're at today has everything to do with 9/11 now bruce and vicky hayman brought tumbling woman in in an acrylic form i believe mm-hmm. to canada and bruce installed her uh, in the foyer of the U.S. Embassy, and mm-hmm. the initial reaction was very strong, and 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 you know people were were opposed to her placement there, but you know Bruce had conversations with people, and in particular a woman who who had lost her brother in nine eleven, and through that discussion, she became a champion. Of tumbling woman. Oh, that's nice to hear. Being installed, uh-huh. yeah, being installed at the embassy, and and similarly, um, you know, she was displayed at the National Art Gallery of Canada. Yeah. Um, and and Vicky, you know, in their book, The Art of Diplomacy, wrote that, you know, the audience heard you, and you heard the audience, mm-hmm. and that made me ask myself, so how important is conversation to America's way forward during these turbulent times? And are artists doing enough today to help with that, in your view, to, to, to you know, supporting these conversations, sparking these conversations? I, I wish I could be more optimistic. About it. There's, <laughs> there's certainly a lot of artists that are working today that are working with a of uh, a deeply rooted social and political uh, sense of purpose about their work. Um, there's probably a larger number of artists that are, are making objects for sale and uh, that are moving them through an economic system, which is a system that's dominated the art world since the mid 80s and and actually has become the sole force of the art world since uh the you know mid 90s uh so we'll see whether with the covid uh moment which has basically um unhinged all of that structure from itself because of no mass gatherings, uh, no travel, you know, there's, so there's no art fairs, there's, everything's moving virtually, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Galleries are, I just opened a show in New York myself and, you know, if 10 people see it, I'll be surprised. Uh, but it, uh, so, so I don't know what the art world is going to look like after we get past this particular moment, but it does seem like it's offering an opportunity to us to start to try to find ways to slow it down uh, and to to sort of rethink how to bring art back into a uh, a place of uh, importance to a, to a community rather than to a economic strata 
And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that hinges on an artist's commitment to local, uh, to making art where they live and letting it grow out of that. If it, if it needs to, or, or deserves to grow out of that. But, you know, I, I think becoming an important artist to your community is more important than becoming an important artist. So, Yeah, it's an intensely local time. And um, I do, uh, despite all the, the challenges and tragedy of this period, the, the drive towards local is positive. Mm-hmm. But I do worry about all the literal and metaphorical border walls you know that are that are being erected um you know at least in part in response to to the disease and and i wonder how we build bridges over over these real and and imagined walls yeah i don't think i have an answer to that i mean i I, i'm not certainly when i think of local i'm not thinking of a a pen (laughs) i'm not not thinking of a corral but uh (laughs) But I I am thinking about you know you know what I think what happened with the speed at which globalization seized our lives we we had the false feeling that we actually were bigger than we are individually that we are we can speak to tens of thousands of people instantaneously through twitter and instagram and facebook and stuff like that that we we belong to a a family of of people that are diverse and yet we've never met anybody and you know it's uh, the, the illusion that we're uh more than we are you know, it, it takes a toll because you 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 ultimately can't experience it. You can't experience the community that you think you're valuable to. And so the 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 thing that I feel about local is that is that it not only is it healthy for uh, the the community that you're a part of to you know, use your artwork uh, for their, you know, sense of identity and for their conversations and and their celebrations and stuff. But also, it's for you, the artist, to feel an immediate and an authentic response to what you're doing that I think ultimately is uh, is healthy and uh, again as i say the you know uh, things will transcend its uh, limitations it'll transcend its boundaries its borders if it's if it's deserved uh on on that scale and you know historically there are very few works of art there are very few artists that actually transcend those borders which doesn't devalue those who uh you know 
were very much a part of their community. So, one you have more control over than the other, I guess, is what I'm saying. Fair, fair. Um, ben Rhodes, uh, he uh, worked in the Obama White House, and, and he wrote a really beautiful piece in, in The Atlantic. And I'm just going to read you one, one sentence out of it. He said, Now, as COVID-19 has transformed the way that Americans live and threatens to claim exponentially more lives than any terrorist has, it is time to finally end the chapter of our history that began on September 11th, 2001. Hmm. I wanted to ask you, do you think the outstretched hand of tumbling woman means something new in this time of Trump? Do you, do, do you think the meaning of tumbling woman has changed by the events that have surrounded her? No, I, I don't. I, I think the tumbling, I mean, the, the outstretched hand, any outstretched hand uh, uh, is asking to be, to make a connection. Uh, I think the need to connect now is absolutely uh, important. Um, is was it is it more important than it was in nine eleven? I, I it's hard to say, you know. But uh, the significance of the outstretched hand, I think, remains the same, which is. The, the need to connect. Eric, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you for sharing your insights about what's happening in your home country with us Canadians. And, and thank you for, for sharing Tumbling Woman with Canada and the world. Yeah, I'd, I, uh, I'd like to apologize for the tone of my voice, but I, uh, I'm in a, you know, we're in, we're in a state, I am personally in a state of such anxiety about the next four days and the result of our election and the trepidation, the fear of what will happen if it doesn't go right. And for me, going right means it, we have to get rid of our president. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm in a state of uh, such anxiety that, I'm sure it comes through as a kind of deadening sadness almost. And I apologize to your viewers, your listeners, I should say, for having to suffer through that. <laughs> no, not at all. And I think as Canadians, you know, obviously it's not the same. We, 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 we you know, he, Trump is not our president, um, but he has been leading <laughs> our neighbor. And our beloved neighbor. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes, anyway. Yeah. Well, we would, I think, I think there are a lot of Canadians, and not every Canadian feels the same way, but I think there are a lot of Canadians that would welcome a, a change in, in the president and uh, a change, if nothing else, a change in, in the tone of the, mm -hmm. the Canada-U.S. relationship. Yeah. Uh, the only way that'll change is if he is voted out of office. Because 
he lives off of division. He, he lives off of uh, antagonism, etc. So if you if you're longing to get back to uh, civility, you know it's not going to come from him if he's reelected. I tend to agree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. Appreciate it.